So we said we're going to do, we're going to discuss Shailas that come up, and I'm trying to come up with things that relate to each other. So I'm going to tell you which uh, questions came up this week that I, that I dealt with in the order that they came up, and uh, then maybe you'll tell me which one to do first. You'll tell me which one sounds most interesting, and we'll go, we'll go like that. We'll go in that order. Uh, first question that came up this past week, I got an email from another rabbi who uh, was not consulting with me because I am an expert, but he was consulting with me because he thought that I would be able to consult with experts. Um, he thought that I'd be able to ask Rav Shechter, perhaps, for, on, on, on his behalf. Um, but he, he asked the following, Shaila, there's a woman who has a balance issue, and she's unable to walk because of her balance issue. And what she needs to help her walk is a service dog. Now, a service dog is a very specialized kind of dog. It needs to be trained for a, a, an extended period of time. It's about 18 months worth of training. She has a dog that's already been trained for eight months. It's got 10 months left, left of training. And then she realized that in order to, uh, to make the dog useful, in order for the dog to be good for anything, it, it's going to need to be neutered. A pet in general, if anyone is a dog owner, any dog owners here? I don't want to, I've got to make sure I know who I'm insulting or uh, my, I delicately have to deal with the issue. Um, a, a pet, neutering a pet is an isodaraisa. It's, it's a neutering a human or an animal is an isodaraisa. It's, uh, it's, a, it's not, not debatable that it's an isodaraisa. So she just discovered the dog has to be neutered and she's not sure what to do. Now, the first thought would be that maybe she, she can buy an already neutered pet. A lot of from Jews that you know that are dog owners will buy a pet that's already been neutered by somebody else. And the reason it's, it's important that a pet be neutered is that if not, it gets, it's not just the, the fear of having babies, it's that it, will be, it gets very aggressive and it's not really a fun pet. Dog is not man's best friend if it hasn't been neutered. It only is, it's only man's best friend when it's been neutered. So it's, it gets very, very difficult. And most service dogs are bred specifically for that purpose, and breeders never neuter the dogs. And uh, they, so sometimes adult dogs with potentially can be found in shelters, she writes, but most rescue dogs do not have the physical and emotional characteristics required of a service dog. So essentially, they're born for this purpose, they're trained for this purpose, and you cannot buy them pre-neutered. So what should she do? She's already put eight months of time and money into training this dog, and the alternative of, if she can't do it and she has to give up in the whole process, she's not going to die, but she'll be in a wheelchair. She will not be able to walk if she, if she cannot get this dog. So this dog will allow her the ability to walk. Now, uh, so her shayla is, what do I do? Now, as any good vet uh, would do, the vet recommended a... Uh, the vet recommended a halachic solution because, of course, you ask all your halachic shaylas to a vet, and the vet said, he said, uh, chemical castration is not something I'm willing to do because it's not nice to the dog, it's unhealthy for the dog, but no problem, just sell the dog to a non-Jew, and then uh, the non-Jew will do the neutering, and then buy the dog back. The vet already came up with the eights, uh, that it's no problem, and that she could sell I don't know how from people are vets. I don't know if anyone... I, I know one guy that I went to college with that was... Uh, it's a from guy that became a vet. I don't know what kind of... It's very hard. All vets do all day is... Uh, I mean, they give shots and they neuter animals and kill animals, right? When an animal gets sick, they put it to sleep. And when the animal is, uh, is not sick, they neuter animals. So all they're doing all day is, is, is the rights of neutering animals. And rather than giving the shots, but most of, much of their business is that. So I don't know. Maybe they have to have a guy that they're partners with. I'm not sure exactly... Even that's not so plush. I'm not sure exactly how, how they... Unless you're a vet in the zoo or something. I don't know. They, 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 I'm not sure exactly how that works. Works. But that's not my problem. <laughs> my problem is dealing with this woman's Shayla. So what do 
what does she do about this uh, about this situation? That is Shaila number one. Then in a less a much less uh, scary Shaila on Shabbos afternoon at Mincha, someone came over to me in Shul and said that he had ordered a sefer online, and the sefer came on Shabbos. And uh, the way the mail comes in his house is that it gets stuck through. He doesn't have a box outside where they put the mail. It gets stuck through the mail slot and lands on the floor. So he saw that there was this envelope with clearly with the safer in it that had landed on the floor on Shabbos. And he didn't know what to do because on the one hand, he's mocked that he doesn't touch his mail, he doesn't move his mail on Shabbos, he's mocked that it's mukta, and he doesn't want to deal with the mail on Shabbos. On the other hand, he also doesn't like to leave a safer on the floor on Shabbos. So he said, what's the proper course of action, leaving a safer lying there on the floor, or to, uh, or to, to pick up the mail and, uh, and, and sacrifice that element of the halacha, or of the, the perceived halacha. That was Shaila number two. Shaila number three is not something, I, w- I was only planning on discussing two questions tonight, but uh, on the way here, someone called me with, a third, with another question that I thought was interesting and maybe someone might find interesting. Someone called me from a, a, an NCSY event that's uh, taking place in a Starbucks. And um, the, one of the high school girls on the, in, that's involved in NCSY is uh, from a family that's not yet observant. The girl herself is observant, and she's slowly bringing her family along. Now, her mother uh, very much loves to go to Starbucks, and her favorite thing to get at Starbucks is one of these pastries that they have that aren't kosher at all. At, at Starbucks, I'm sure many of you know that if you go to a Starbucks, the coffee, generally speaking, is uh, plain coffee anywhere, generally speaking, is kosher. But once you're getting fancy, you really have to be careful. And certainly the pastries, you know, and uh, the ham sandwiches, from what I understand, are also uh, not, not, not kosher. The cheese, all that stuff, that's not, that's not kosher. But certainly the, uh, the pastries are not kosher. And the mother calls the daughter and says, oh, you're at a Starbucks, can you pick up my favorite and bring it home for me? Can you bring me? And the girl just flipped out. She had no idea what to do. How can I bring her home something that's not kosher? She's asking me to provide her with not kosher food. What do I do in this situation? So the guy called me in the car just as I was on the way over here. What do I tell the girl to do? What should we do? Those are the three Shilas. We'll discuss those three, nothing else. Any uh, any preference? Which Shila was most interesting? Or Number one, number three. Right, three will be the shortest. So maybe I'll do three first because it will be the shortest since I'm not really prepared to talk about it. And maybe I'm wrong. And maybe yeah, we can still catch him. So, uh, so you let me know. But what's it a shailin? What's this a question about? What the area of halach is that? It's lifneiver, right? This is, uh, this is clearly an issue of lifneiver. That she's at, that providing someone with an issue. Now the number one rule of lifneiver that you need to know whenever you discuss anything that relates to lifneiver is that there's lifneiver daraisa and there's misayeh midrabana. Lifneiver midaraisa, the Gemara says, is when you have tre avri dinara, when you have two people on two different sides of a river, and let's say the river is not a passable river, and uh, the nazir is on one side of the river and you're on another side of the river, not the most practical case that the Gemara gives them. In Nazir, we don't see so many Nazirim, although I did get that Shiloh once also, maybe for a different time. A guy called me up on Erev Pesach and says, uh, um, I have a guy in my house who's a Nazir. What should I do about my charoses that I'm making? Normally we put wine in the charoses. Like, have you thought about Dalit Kosos? Have you thought about, like, why in the world is this guy a Nazir? <laughs> a lot of... A lot of caches. There are lots, lots of caches. But that's a different, a different story for a different time. So you have a Nazir on one side of a river. You're on the other side of the river. And the Nazir, sa- the Nazir says, can you pass me that wine? And it's on your side of the river. And the Nazir cannot reach it himself. So he needs you to provide him with the Yisr. That's Lifnei Iver Daraisa. 
What if you're both on the same side of the river, but he doesn't like bending down, and you could bend down and pick it up, pick up the bottle of wine, and just give it to him? That would be misayeh midrabanan. That's not lifnei v'daraisa. That's only iniser dirabanan. So the first thing you have to discuss in any lifnei ivar case, the very first thing you have to figure out is what kind of lifnei ivar are we dealing with? Are we dealing with lifnei v'daraisa or misayeh midrabanan? If you're dealing with Messiah Midrabanan, it's still Usr. We're not, we're not home free yet because we still listen to Dinam Midrabanan as well. We then just have to figure out if there are any Snif Lakula, any Sveikos. It certainly helps paint it in a certain light if we're dealing with Midrabanan, yeah? Is it like in between? Like she could do it, but like she's not going to. Ah, okay. Like so, a He'll get a cigarette where he goes, like, I've been asked this shayla also. Someone uh, told me that he was flying to Israel and his father said, uh, go to the duty-free shop and get me a uh, carton of cigarettes. Now the father's smoking three packs a day, whether you get him the, uh, the you know, you go to, I don't know if it's three packs a day, but he's smoking whether you buy him the carton of cigarettes or you don't buy him the carton of cigarettes. Um, so that's, that is somewhat in between. You're certainly making it much, much easier much, much easier for them. But that's really the case of Chadar Vodinara's, where you're making it easier for them. The question is, how much easier? Meaning, how, how much is it theoretically possible and how much is it a practical possibility? So it could be that in order to clearly and confidently label it a Drabanan, it would have to be not just a theoretical possibility, maybe even a practical possibility. Now, the woman lives in the city. I said, does she live near Starbucks? Does she, live? she lives in, in, in Manhattan. If, if you've been to Manhattan... Um, if you walk down any block, you'll see at least three Starbucks on, 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 every, on every block. There's, it's not a big deal for her to go out. Maybe she doesn't want it, and the daughter's there anyway, so it's just a little more convenient. So she asked the daughter to go pick it up. I thought that this was more of the Misayeya type of uh, case, and not a Lifnei Vidal case, considering how easy it is for this woman to get to a Starbucks. But we're not home free yet, just because Misayeya doesn't necessarily help. So I thought of two sniff from Lahakel, and I thought it was important to be Mekel over here, but I thought of two sniff from Lahakel uh, that, uh, that just, just um, that, 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 that came to mind. And again, you could argue with me and tell me I'm wrong. I don't know, but that's, uh, you hope you have siyata deshmaya when you're put on the spot and you're in a car and you can't look in Svarim and you can't consult the smarter people. So now we have a lot more brains in the room to, to consult with. Maybe you could tell me, you could tell me if I'm wrong. One sniff Lahakel that I thought of is uh, Mori Virabi, Rav Shachter always quotes a shach, in Yerodeya, where the Shach uh, says um, almost explicitly that uh, that that if um, that if you're dealing with someone who is not a Shomer Torah mitzvahs, so Nosi Kelim in general talk about this. If it's, is that really Lifneiver? The person's not doing any mitzvahs anyway, so it's Lifneiver in this mitzvah. It's a person who just doesn't care about mitzvahs. Meaning, is it really an Iver? Lifneiver is when someone has a weakness, Nebuch, and you're you're making them stumble in an area of weakness. But the person just doesn't care about the whole system. The whole thing doesn't mean anything to them. So there's still Lifneiver Darais. So the Yisur Darais of Lifneiver would still apply, but Misayeya Midrabanan won't apply. The Isra Drabban of Misayeya won't apply to someone who's not Shamatar Mitzvahs in general. So that was sniff number one, that maybe we could, uh, we could rely on that, that Misayeya is not going to apply. Sniff number two is there is an Afana Halach in Shulchan Aruch, where the Shulchan Aruch Paskins, that it is usher to give food or drink to somebody who will not say a bracha on the food or the drink. 
It's, it's clear, it's black and white in Shulchan Aruch. One is not allowed to provide food or drink to someone who's not going to say a bracha on it. That's Lifnaiva. You're giving them the ability to eat this food, which otherwise they would not have had the ability because you had it, and now they're not going to recite a bracha on that food or drink. That is an Isra in Shulchan Aruch. Rav Shlomo Zalman Rabbach writes in the Tshuva Milcha Shlomo, it is mutter to give food or drink to someone who's not going to make a bracha in many, many circumstances. I, Rav Shlomo Zalman, is generally not in the habit of arguing with the Shulchan Aruch. He was a very orthodox rabbi. He was not, uh, this was not something that he typically did. So he explained that, that it depends on, on the situation. Let's say you have you live in Israel and you have uh, you're moving and it's the middle it's an August day and the movers are schlepping and uh, moving boxes and svarim. When I moved there were a lot of svarim in the, in the boxes when I moved 10 years ago from uh, Cedars to North Woodmere so the, the, uh, the movers were cursing me out. I mean they, they were like you better read all these books <laughs> like oh what musr what musr you know? <laughs> and they, it's, it's heavy and it's and they're schwitzing and they're schwitzing and it's a hot August day. And, but they're chiloni movers, says Rosh Hashanah. You're not going to give them a drink of water? You don't give them a drink of water. What are they going to say? That the, you know, the, 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 the good-for-nothing uh, from person, dati person, doesn't want to doesn't want even give me a drink of water. I'm working so hard for him. They can't even can't even spare to give me a drink of water. Says says Rosh Zalman. That's going to create a Ravadia writes like this as well. Ravadia talks about this in the Chuvin Yichavadas, where he talks about Yichavadas is from the radio shows. He used to have uh, he used to in in America you can call and speak to like Mike Francesa. In uh, in Israel it used to be that you can. Call and speak to Rav Vadia safe when you have a Shiloh. So in Yechavadas, someone called in and asked Rav Vadia about a, uh, a, a, a keeping a restaurant open, a Fleshig restaurant open during the nine days or during Shavuot Shechal B'Tishbab, whether that's going to be a violation of Lifnei Iver. And he also discusses this concept, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, of relative Lifnei Iver. Meaning, you're put in a situation that whatever you do is going to be Lifnei Iver on some level. And you have to choose between one type of lifneiver and the other. So says Rosham Zalman, you have the movers, and they're schwitzing. And they're, so you have one option is to not give them the glass of water, and then you have just to machshil them in the Isser of hating other Jews, of hating Hashem and His Torah, and those who represent Hashem and His Torah, and thinking that, uh, that, uh, that people who are B'nai Torah have no basic midos, or you could give them the drink of water and be machshel them in the issue of not saying a bracha before they drink something. Those are your two options. So which is the worst lifneiver of the two? So Shlomo Zalman says, no brainer. You certainly want them to, uh, to, to like from Jews. It's a, it's a better lifneiver. It, it's not ideal to be in that situation where you have to violate, but you're in that situation, so you have to make a choice. So I thought maybe over here also, especially over here, where the, the girl is uh, trying to bring her family along slowly, which is the healthy thing to do. You speak to people who work in Kiruv, it's not healthy for someone to just say, immediately they're going to, be, they're, they're, they're going to observe everything, and, 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 and Post can deal with this, because it's very hard for an Orthodox rabbi to tell somebody, listen, don't keep Shabbos yet. Italian violated Nisr Skila, but if they're not ready for it, it's the right thing to do sometimes. You really have to bring them along at a pace that's reasonable and that they're going to be able to make lasting change in their life. Where Chalel of Shabbos Achas, 
Kadeshi Yishmar Shabbosos Harbei. And that's something you have to do a lot of times in Kiruv, and you have to keep that you have to keep that in mind when dealing with people like this. So the for the girl to say, uh, no, I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna get it for you, mommy, I don't so maybe that that's gonna set the mother back in her uh, in her religious development. And maybe the mother's gonna say, This is what happens when my daughter goes to an NCSY event. She can't stand uh, she can't she goes to an NCSY event and look what happens to her. She doesn't she doesn't respect her parents anymore. She can't even have decency to pick me up uh, you know, a dollar fifty. Well, Starbucks is seven dollar pastry. She doesn't. Uh, you know, she can't. She can't even do that for me. That might be a worse lifneiver than the lifneiver of of actually giving her the item, which uh, which which she's going to eat because of the long term effects of the lifneiver. Yeah. I have two questions. One is in that situation, maybe Shevat Hase is not saying anything. There, you're you're doing a mice of giving, or rather, of not saying anything. Some Zaman also said, "Do the mice of giving. Give the water." He said. Do the mice of giving the It's become vasay you're giving the water. You're doing the lufna, you've ever become vasay. Right, the okay. iser that they're going to be doing is v'shev the altasa. As you being machshulam in a lesser iser. Yeah, by not saying anything. You're not doing any mice. You're, 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 you're just sitting, sitting back. And in which case? In which case? When you're not saying anything to them. When you're not giving the, when you're not giving the drink. When you're not giving the drink, but if some Zalman still thought it's Even better, it's better to give them the drink. I think you're saying the iser that you're being machshul them in, meaning the person who's uh, who's going to eat the food without a bracha. You say it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's the iser of just not saying the bracha. No, but it's being it's being nenem el mazebla bracha, which is also kumvase. That's uh, that's a violation of the kumvase. Yeah. Um, back the brachos issue. Is there a, is there a um, clear brachos on the so that, well, I mean, over here that it's not going to be an issue anyway. The, the Gemara says that if a person has something that's uh, that's not kosher, so the person's not uh, it's not really a bracha tashem. The question it's when 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 it it's a discussion the Rishonim the Ram the Rabbi, but but the the uh, the I think lahalacha we say that no, but if a person is eating on Yom Kippur. Uh, or a person, let's say, has to eat something not kosher for not, you know, if a person eating something not kosher because they need it for health reasons and it's pikuach nefesh or something like that, so I think we say yes, I think. I think, I mean, I don't remember, I'm not 100% sure. So, so if you, even according to the standard of the Shofanaro, that you're not allowed to give someone something if you're not going to say Oh, so Shofanaro is about kosher things. You give them a glass right, of water. So, but in, that wouldn't apply in this case because it's not high in the Yeah, yeah, but you're giving them something not kosher over here. That's what you'd be machshul them. When you about the I was just giving that as a mashal. I was giving that as a mashal, meaning there are some zaman uses the case of giving water where you only have the issue of the bracha, but he says you have to think about the relative lefneiver versus being them hating other other Jews. And over here you have to think about the lefneiver being machshul them in macholos hasuros, not in bracha. In macholos hasuros by bringing the pastry versus thinking that when your daughter goes, starts becoming religious, she starts disrespecting. Her, her parents, and that's that's obviously. Rav Shachtet once told me that Rav Salvechik had a shaila once with a with a boy who's who who also became from through NCSY, I think it was, and uh, his brother was becoming bar mitzvah in conservative shul, and the boy was very mock, but he was very from boy, and he was already in in, in in college, and he was ready, and he was ready from, and he was observed, and he asked Rav Salvechik, "What should I do? My parents are making they're making bar mitzvah in a conservative shul." So can I go into the conservative shul and daven in the conservative shul for the bar mitzvah? So Salvechik told him, 
go to the conservative shul, you should go to the bar mitzvah, don't daven a word in, in the shul, daven beforehand, don't answer a main to a single bracha, don't say, you know, but sit there and be there for your family and uh, support your brother, and you'll see, your parents are going to see that you're still a mensch, and then they're going to want to send your brother to NCSY also. And he said, Kachava, that, uh, that he, had, he had the long-term view in mind, and the, the brother also went to NCSY, also became, became an observant person. You would ask and say, Rebecca, still listening. Oh, you can. You can. Once they decide, Right, right. You can. You can ask them to say bracha if you could do that in a pleasant that way, would, in a nice way. Take, yeah. That would, take that would be the ideal situation, obviously. That would be the ideal situation if you're if you feel that you're able to do that. That would be the ideal situation. Yeah. Is it for sure that this pastry is not kosher? Just uh, doesn't have. So I asked about that. That was the. Uh, I said, what kind of pastry is it? Uh, spinach, something? Is it cheese? Cheese. It's not kosher cheese. It's uh, you know, or kevas nevela or whatever else. I don't know what they what they use in the. the you know, I, I was once asked to Shiloh, a guy works in a law firm, and his boss told him, "Oh, you're going you're going downstairs now. When you're on your way back up, pick me up a tuna fish sandwich from the commissary in the uh, the, the bottom floor of the building." And uh, he he called me up. <laughs> what do I do? My the, the, the tuna fish sandwich isn't doesn't have ashkacha. I said, "What's in a tuna fish sandwich already?" You know, for bread, bread's probably kosher. You know, the bread's probably nothing in it. Tuna fish, the tuna fish is probably kosher. The mayonnaise, I think Hellman's has like a 90% market share on, uh, on mayonnaise. You know, chances are it's probably, uh, it's probably kosher anyway. But I, not that I would tell you to eat it, but, uh, but probably it's a plus. He's not observant anyway, and it's Messiah, he can go himself. It's not the right so I thought there was uh, plenty of room to be made. All the Lifnever shows boil down to that. Are we dealing with a firm person, not firm person? Long-term lifneiver versus short-term lifneiver, misayeya versus lifneiver daraisa. So I, I could be wrong, but that's what I thought. I thought it was it was mutter for in this case. Oh, so cheese I thought was bad, and it was spinach. You know, uh, you know, well, it could it could be pretty bad also. Yeah. The, yeah. But the case was that it's uh, for a non-observant person, someone who's non shomatara mitzvos. That when it's lifneiver derabanan. According to many poskim, is mutter that you're allowed to do misayeh midrabanan for someone who, anyway, just doesn't accept the whole system of Torah mitzvahs. Um, did Rebbe ask if it was possible for her to lie or to get out of the situation? Yeah, so uh, the, obviously that's the that's the the first uh, first step. You know, you say if they don't have that, what should I get you or something, or uh, can I bring you make another alternate suggestion <laughs> about a coffee? Um, but uh, but uh, you know, I, I, if if for whatever reason you know it's not it's not possible, like uh, oh, you just texted me a picture of you of you, and I saw in the background there was the case full of, full of my favorite pastry. What do you mean that that would be remarkable if they're out of it so quickly? Um, yeah, I don't know. That would be that would be a good eight. So that would, that would be a good eight. Is there an issue with Marasai? It's also an interesting question. Someone just asked me this week about uh, eating at a Trafe restaurant. A, a medical resident who's, uh, who's who's attending is taking out taking out to lunch, taking out a group of residents to lunch. And, and they're taking him to a non-kosher restaurant. You want to know if he can go. You want to know if it's he can eat his his kosher food in the non-kosher restaurant. It's an issue of marasayin. Um, now the truth is, by the Starbucks, it's a much bigger marasayin than it is in the non-kosher restaurant. The non-kosher restaurant is not a marasayin at all because no one's going to think that the restaurant is kosher. Everyone knows that. I said if it's a restaurant that has a questionable ashkacha, then it's marasayin. But it's a restaurant that everyone knows is not kosher. It's not a marasayin at all. But Starbucks, a lot of people are not familiar. It's amazing what people think. 
they assume Starbucks coffee is kosher, so everything in Starbucks is kosher. It's like uh, I don't know, maybe it's like a five towns machla that everyone because <laughs> no, because every every food store everything is kosher. You go to the supermarket, everything is kosher. You go to the other supermarket, everything is kosher. You go to the third supermarket, everything is kosher. So it could be that that, that people are so used to that mentality that they're just not used to the idea that sometimes things in one store you could have some kosher things and so like out of town you know people don't make this mistake because they're used to that that uh, that idea yeah Starbucks washes Starbucks washes yeah, this is a different shear. This is a shear for a different time. Uh, Which is available on Waiyatori. It's available on Waiyatori, yeah. I gave a shear about this once. Um, the CRC has one mahalich, but it's not necessarily uh, agreed upon by everybody. So they're certainly entitled to their opinion. Ravilali Dov Schwartz has certain chumras in this area, um, which he's certainly entitled to, uh, but there, there's... Definitely makam lahakal and things like that. Um, okay. Um, let's move on to another Shiloh. Which other Shiloh do we... Number one. The, the dog. Okay. Um, so, the, again, just to repeat for those who, who maybe missed the question, uh, a woman who has serious balance issues is unable to walk unless she has a service dog that's trained specifically to help her balance. She's, been, she's already put her dog through eight months of training. dog needs ten months more of training, but at this point the dog needs to be neutered in order for, uh, for the dog to be effective and for it to be good. There are no pre-neutered dogs available for her uh, for purchase that, that could actually meet her needs. What should she do? So, the Shulchan Aruch Paskins in Evan Ezer Simen Hei Se'if Yeralef. Asr lahafsid evare hazera, bein ba'adam, one is not allowed to neuter a pet or a human, whether it's kosher or not kosher, it doesn't make a difference. You live in Eretz Yisrael, Chutz Laaretz. Good. It's clearly an Isra nothing really to discuss on that level. Now, the question really becomes, what about a non-Jew? Is there an Isser for a non-Jew to neuter a pet? Now, the Shulchan Aruch is very clear that you're not allowed to give a pet to a non-Jew to neuter for you. But the question is why that is so. And this is Tali in the in the Gemara Masech Sanhedrin Daf Nun Vav. Why is Sanhedrin Nun Vav an important Gemara Makom? Because that's where the Gemara lists the Sheva Mitzvos Bnei Noach. So you, you scan the list in your mind. Sheva Mitzvos Bnei Noach. Is this one of them? Is this one of the Sheva Mitzvos? Is this something that a guy is usherin? Dinin, this isn't that. Birchas Hashem, this isn't that. Avodazara, certainly not that. Gilei Arayus, hopefully it's not that. Shvichas Damim, it's not that. Gezel, Eivim it's none of the original seven. But, says the Gemara, a line later, Rabbi Chitka Omer, Afalasirus. Rabbi Chitka says that Goyim are Metzuvah in Sirus as well. So essentially, you have a machlokas Tanoim, whether Goyim are Metzuvah in the Yisra of Sirus. The Mainaf Kamino, whether a guy is Metzuvah or not, if the Shulchan Aruch anyway says, you're not allowed to tell a guy to do it. Well, the question is, why are you not allowed to tell a guy to do it? If it's an Isser because of, uh, of the guy is also to do it, so then we're, the two first Shilas that we're talking about tonight are very much related to each other. What are you violating when you ask the guy to do it for you? Lifnaiver, because he has an Isser to do it, so it's a violation of Lifnaiver to ask the guy to do it. Now, it's interesting that um, there, there is a, a, a Tshuva in the Pnei Yoshua, where the Pnei Yoshua says 
that no, Lifneva doesn't apply to a guy. The Shalos Shuvas Pnei Yeshua. I believe the Shalos Shuvas Pnei Yeshua was not written by who we know of as the Pnei Yeshua. I think it was written by his grandfather. The the real Pnei who we we would think of as the real Pnei Yeshua ripped off the name from his uh, from his grandfather who was the original Pnei Yeshua. The Shalos Shuvas Pnei Yeshua, if I'm not mistaken. So in the Shuvas Pnei Yeshua, he says that uh, the whole issue to be Machshel Gaiyin Avera is only Nisim Mitrabanan. The Yitzchak Nisim Darais of Pnei because based on the Gemara of Zor Daf Beis. Gemara Vodzar Davbei says that Hakadosh Baruch Hu was Amad Vihitir, he was Matir, all of the Sheva Mitzvahs because he saw that the Bnei Noach aren't keeping it anyway. So the, the problem sounds like pretty good riot, right? Hakadosh Baruch Hu made it all Mutter, so there's no there's not going to be any issue of the Bnei So the problem with that with that with that Raya is you have to read the rest of the Gemara. The Gemara goes on to say. What? Amad Vihitir? They don't have to keep Shev Mitzvah Chote Niskar? Because they don't, is, is that really a thing? You can decide whatever mitzvah I don't want to keep, so Mela, it's no longer a mitzvah. That's Reform Judaism. No, that doesn't work. You can't just decide, I'm not going to keep this mitzvah, and then Mela will go away because I decided not to keep it. Can't be that Chote Niskar. So what is it? No, what it means is that our Kodesh Baruch Hu took away the Schar Kiyuma mitzvah from them. They still get Onesh. They still, it's still Asr. But he took away the Schar Kiyuma mitzvah from them. But but it's still going to be us, and that's why the majority of folks can assume that it, there is lifnei there by a guy. It's a taisus at the beginning of Shabbos when it talks about Hotza and Gimel Amalav, if I'm not mistaken, about, uh, about about that. But there's but the 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 pashtus is that it would be lifnei for a guy if it's usher for a guy. Now, if it's mutter for a guy to do sirus, then what would be the issue of asking a guy to do the sirus for you? What would be the issue if it's mutter for him? So there's a general issue called amir lakum. Anything that you're not allowed to do. You're not allowed to ask a guy to do for you either. So generally, we think of Amir La'akum as a Hilchashabis related issue. However, the Aruch HaShulchan writes in Simon Hay in Nevin Ezer, where he talks about Sirus, Kishem Shabbos Amir La'ovdei Kachavim Shvos, Kemo Ken Bekali Surum Shabbatara. Just like by Shabbos Amir La'akum is a Shvos, Every Yisr in the Torah is, is it's Amir La'akum is Asr as well. They're called Dover Sha'asr Yisrael Lassos, Asrlo Lomar Lakuti Lassos Ba'ado. Anything you're not allowed to do, you cannot ask a guy to do for you. And says the Archashulchan Lefichach, Asrlo Lomar Lakuti Sheisar Slo Behemto Chayasavo Faso. You're not allowed to ask a guy to be Misaris your animal because of Amir La'akum. Now, those are two very different ways of looking at it. So, again, one way is that it's Lifne Iver, Dal Raisa. The other way is that Amir La'akum. My nafkamina, whether it's Lifneiver Daraisa or Amir La'akum. It's Rabbanu Daraisa, right? If it's Lifneiver, it's Daraisa. If it's Amir La'akum, it's Rabbanu. It's also somewhat of a Chiddush to say that Amir La'akum applies to everything. Um, you know, Amir La'akum has two basic explanations, two or three basic explanations what the Yisra of Amir La'akum is. So Amir La'akum might be Yesh Lichus Lugay Luchumrah, in which case it makes sense that it should apply to everything. Or it might be a violation, or it's probably both, also a violation of Dabadavar that uh, a person shouldn't speak malacha talk on Shabbos. You have no iser of speaking sirus talk. There's no, there's no such iser. There's an iser of, of speaking about malachas on Shabbos. Uh, that would be dabra That element certainly does not apply to something like sirus. But obviously this is going to be a big nafkamina if it's drabanan and daraisa. Um, let's say b'makam tzar belechayim, we may be mekel on a drabanan. Now this is not an issue of tzar belechayim, it's an issue of the, uh, the, 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 the owner over here, but if it's drabanan, we certainly would imagine that there's much more room to be mekel for, uh, for l'tzor ha But the other side that we have to look at is what kind of chola is this? Meaning, whenever you're dealing with a medical situation, is this a chola she'esh basakana? Is this a chola she'en basakana? Is it a mechosh bialma? 
if it's a Cholashi Yesh Masakana, all bets are off. We'll allow pretty much anything except for Rabbi Zorki, the Rashvich Zdam, and Malbim Lechaver Barabim, and according to one day in uh, Rashi and Babakama, to steal. But other than that, you know, the, these, uh, you, you, we'll be matter everything for, uh, for, 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 uh, for a Cholashi Yesh Masakana. So what's this? She's not going to be able to walk, but she's going to live. So what do you call that? Is that a mechush bialma? It seems like a little more than a mechush bialma. It's a pretty significant quality of life issue. So pashtus cholashein vosakana. That's I would have thought that it's a, that it's cholashein vosakana. Is a cholashein vosakana enough to be matir this kind of isidrabanan? So that ideally we would first try to see if there is any um, if there's any other way where we won't have to be violating isidrabanan. So one suggestion is well let's see what the vet said. The vet said sell it to a guy and have the guy do the serious. What does it mean sell it to Sell it to a guy and have the guy bring it to a vet to do the sirus. And what do you accomplish by doing that? Well, it's amira la amira, or uh, or or it's lifnei de lifnei in terms of the uh, the lifnei the lifnei element. And that sounds like a reasonable reasonable enough solution. But um, the the problem is that if you look in the Rama and and, and the Mechaber in the, in in and Simon Hay, Mechaber writes Asr lomer lo v'chavn l'saris pei mashalanu. If the guy decided to be Masaris, so you're allowed to buy a pre-neutered uh, animal. But if you do a harama to arrange for a sirus in one of these indirect ways by getting a guy involved, konsinoso. So based on the Gemara Babatia, konsinoso. We make a knas that you're not allowed to use the animal. Says the Rama. Even if you didn't make any, you didn't pull a shtick in order to get it to get a serious done, but rather the guy knows you and he sees Nebuch, you need your dog to be to be Masuras. So he takes your dog anyway and he just wants to do it for you without you even asking. Still we make a knas. Then he goes on to say, the Ramah goes on to say, two days. Are you allowed to sell animals to non-Jews? So, because you know that they're gonna they're gonna be misares. So he says it's mutter to do it, even though you know that he's gonna the guy who buys it is gonna be misares. V'yesh osrim, and some asr that as well. Shumas Hadashen. Ramah quotes Shumas Hadashen pretty much every page of Shulchan Aruch. Very underrated sefer. Shumas Hadashen is very a lot of a lot of uh, Torah don't even know that how important Shumas Hadashen is. So he quotes from Shumas Hadashen. But even the Chumash Sedeshim would be okay if you sell it to a guy and the guy gives it to another guy to be Masaris. Well, this sounds really good right now. All you have to do is sell it to a guy and let the guy give it to another guy. Here's the problem. The Ramaz is talking about a case where you're not taking it back. You're selling it to a guy. He moved beyond the situation. That was the first part of this sif where he spoke about Harama. When you're taking it back, that's harama. That's a knas that you're never allowed to use the animal. That's, that's going to be awesome. He's talking about a case where just stop. You, you sell animals. You deal in livestock. You sell animals. So you sell the animal. You own a pet store. So you sell the animal, and the animal will take it to another guy. To be, and, and the, not the, the guy will take it to the guy that you sold to. will take the animal to another guy to be misarisit. So that's, that, that's going to be mutter. But, uh, but otherwise, it's going to be us. So in general, just stop. If someone wants to buy a dog, can you rely on, on this and selling it to a guy, and the guy will bring it to the vet with such a harama? So most postkin would assume that that would not work for, uh, for pet ownership, that that is not, not a great solution for, for pet ownership. There are postkin that, uh, that suggest it, but most would assume that it would not, uh, would not work if you want to own the pet. Yeah. Do you be allowed to give it to someone who passes like Mechaber to then do that harama? 
give it to someone who passes but it, even the Mechaber you know, holds the Gemara Babasia that it's a knas for someone who does uh, who does Harama. the only thing that Rama added was that even without a Harama, the guy just does it because he knows you and he likes you and he does it on his own so uh, generally speaking when there's Machlok is Mechaber Rama, I think we generally assume you can give it to someone uh, let's say relying on uh, on a kefel arma, so to rely on a guy to taste something. So the the rama passes one place. The guy doesn't have nemanus, and the chaber says that he does. So a Jew, a, a Jew is not is a, an Ashkenazi Jew is not allowed to rely, is not doesn't not allowed to trust a guy, but he's allowed to trust the svardi. So if the svardi asks the guy, and the guy says it's okay, it doesn't taste like it has any uh, milk in this chicken soup or whatever, and then the Ashken, and then the svardi himself tastes it because he trusts the guy. And he says, yeah, Taka is true, and then you're allowed to trust. So you have like that, yeah. I think I saw in the Ravadi Sefer one time, he said that we don't, we don't pass in the nowadays. Do we, do we yeah, but I'm saying in theory, we are just asking in theory, can an Ashkenazi trust a Sephardi, you know, can an Ashkenazi rely on a Sephardi to do something for you that he holds? It's a bigger issue, really. I mean, let's say... It's it's a bigger issue because sometimes it's not just a nationalist party thing where everyone's following their traditions. Sometimes it's machlokas aposkim, legitimate machlokas aposkim, where you all this is mutter, that's us are opening. You know the the classic is opening cans and bottles on Shabbos. You know someone holds that this is mutter to open that. I remember when I was in yeshiva in Eretz I went I went to yeshiva called Karen Biavna. Some of you probably heard of it, and uh, and we used to have a Shabbaton where we get together with the guys from Shalavim. And Gush, all three would get together. Then it became very competitive. I don't think they do it anymore. <laughs> but uh, but we used to get together for a Shabbos in Karen Biavna, a Shabbos in Shalvim, and a Shabbos in Gush. Three times a year, all those three yeshivas would uh, would get together. And I think I think the uh, the Gush guys held that you weren't allowed to open the yogurts. On I think Rav Aaron Lichtenstein was machmir on opening the yogurts on, on Shabbos. And yet, um, curiously, they served them. It must have been in Shalvin that they were serving them just to be machmir on the Gush guys. But uh, the Gush guys wanted to know, can they ask the Karen guys? Because Karen B'Avna Posek was not making about anything except for opening, <laughs> for opening the yogurt. That was his like, uh, one kula, I think. So, uh, so, that, so I wanted to know, could they ask the... Uh, Rav Asher Weiss has a chuva about this. He has a funny chuva because he, he goes through the whole thing why, uh, why, why there's a certain mahalich when there are two legitimate deos, but he says, you ask about opening cans and bottles, that's not two legitimate deos. There's my opinion and there's the wrong opinion. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't think that there are two legitimate deos. But okay, uh, that's, that's a more complicated issue. So that's one, one eitzah for, for people who own pets. Another eitzah of Unterman, Zakran Rach, came up with a, with a grama, that if you cut off the blood flow to that area of the body, you could cause the testicles to shrivel, and then the animal may become sterile, sterile and that would make it an isa drabanon, and dinim drabanon of serious don't apply to a guy, so maybe that would solve the lifnaivir issue, and it would solve the amir lakam issue, because it's a shvus to shvus, you're only asking him to do an isa drabanon, and it's certainly makam sarach gadol, if a person very much needs a pet, or for whatever reason, you know, that they need it, so, uh, so that, that may or may not, may, may or may not work. Rav Unterman writes, that he thought of this idea, and he's waiting for others. He doesn't want to say it until others agree. I don't believe that Haskama was ever forthcoming. I don't think others ever agreed. So that was uh, somewhat of, a, of an issue. Um, the, uh, then there's, there are various procedures that could render an animal infertile without removal, even indirectly, of reproductive organs. Think like birth control pills for animals or something like that. Now, I don't know what that does in terms of the aggressiveness and everything else. It was just a way of controlling the animal population. It's just a way of making sure that it doesn't, uh, you know, whatever the animal equivalent of a birth control pill is, uh, would, would do that. Rav Shechter is very machmir about these kinds of things, though. Rav Shechter holds that a birth control pill is, is, is uh, even for people, 
uh, he holds that it's a, that it's a temporary sirus. It's a sirus midrabanan, which is wild. I had him speak in my shul once, and he spoke to the women. He gave a shir to the women about uh, family planning related issues, and I didn't I, I didn't know that he held this way. I wouldn't have asked him to speak <laughs> about that. I would have asked. Him, I would always ask him to speak, but not about that topic in particular, but I decided to sit in the shear because I, I knew I was going to have to answer for whatever uh, whatever he says. So uh, so his wife was there, and uh, a lot of women were there, and he said, and, he said, uh, and then when you talk about uh, birth control, you have to talk about which kind of birth control. Pashtas, if you take, <laughs> so always the pashtas, pashtas, if you take, if you take birth control pills, it's a temporary serous. It's a violation of temporary serous. You have to figure something else out. So everyone's like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, like, so everyone immediately, all the women, right after the shear was over, you know, during the shear, they kept on asking him, did you say that, and he said, you should consult your local Lord the doctor Rabbi. Then right after the shear, everyone ran over to his wife, what are we supposed to do with it? So she says, she starts yelling at him, Heschel, get over here. How can you tell all these women that they're not allowed to... I don't know. That's what I think. I don't know. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was quite a scene. But yeah, but he holds that even for, for, for the animals. So it's interesting when, when, when my rebellion were asked about this, Rav Willig and uh, Rav Shacht were asked about this, Rav Willig said, it's a double pasha that it's mutter over here. Sell to a guy and have the guy, you know, do a mechira and have the guy, give it to someone else. Double pasha that it's mutter, especially since we, the Arachashulchan writes, we probably pass in like Rov, Deus and Rishonim, that it's, it's not an Yisra Daraisa for the guy anyway, it's only an Yisra Darabanan. So with the Mechira and everything else, uh, and, and Amira La Amira, and it's, uh, you know, uh, it's, 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 it's definitely going to be mutter in this kind of case. He didn't need to know any more information. Rav Shechter was still hesitant. He, even knowing, he said, I would want to know that whether it increases one's life expectancy at all, even by, by just a day, if it increases one's life expectancy to be to be ambulatory, to be mobile, to be able to, to walk around rather than to, to be in a wheelchair. If it increases life expectancy by even a day, by even a single day, then it's Kedai, then, then, then you could do it. It happened to be Dr. Eddie Reichman was around that day, so uh, they asked him and he said, for sure, he said, every study shows that if they're able to walk around, so it certainly is going to be much healthier for the patient's long-term health, and that, uh, that bad that would be the case. So at the end of the day, they were mekel. Now, Rabbi Shai Shechter sent the Shaila to Rav Asher Weiss as well, and Rav Asher Weiss sent him back a tshuva, and Rav Asher Weiss writes that um, that the Chassam Sofer has a tshuva where he's makil to give a to give the animal to a guy who's going to give it to another guy to be mesares and then sell it back to the Jew. And he says b'shas v'chak b'makom tzorech we're uh, we're makil on haramos even on dinim dar raisa we're makil on haramos b'shas v'chak b'makom tzorech. He says uh, Rav Asher says he writes this in his tshuvas and chelik beisim memhe against the sheet of the bechor shor. The bechor shor holds only haramos on drabanan. You can't do haramos on daraisa. But Rav Asher says it's not true. You could do haramos on a daraisa when it's a shas of chagadol. So he says it's mistaved that over here you could do harama, even though he notes that it's not just stam doing harama on a daraisa. You're doing a harama on something that the Shulchan Aruch says explicitly you cannot do a harama on. But still, given the situation, given the severity of the case, and given the, the illness, and given the, the alternative, uh, all the postcom that we spoke to in the end of the day were makele about this. So we didn't have time for the third child. The first one took a little longer than I thought. So, Bez um, Hashem, maybe some other time we'll discuss it. Next week is Rosh Hashanah. In two weeks, we'll be back. Okay, have a good Shabbos, everybody. And Chsim Chsim Tova, everybody.